Hello, everybody. You are listening to Jackstina, Coaches, Coaches Off, Off the Cuff. Cuff. And today we are, um, well, we're going to be talking a little bit about, well, commitment. Kind of like mm-hmm. we're struggling with our commitment of who's going to talk first on this podcast. <laughs> Off the cuff. Off it's the in cuff. the title, people. <laughs> so um, we, like usual, have been um, kind of stuck on a topic that the two of us have been discussing um, outside of the boundaries of podcasts for a while now, and we're bringing it to the table to kind of submit some of our understanding of this um, and hopefully help to bring a little bit of clarity to this idea of commitment for you, your students, and your team. So we're going to lay out for you our commitment issues today. (laughs) It's basically therapy. Yes, therapy (laughs) with Jaxina. This is another podcast that we'll be starting. (laughs) No, not really commitment issues. Um, This idea of commitment first came up for us in Pete Hall training, which so many of our good ideas have come out of that. That short time was just a little afternoon, but yeah, yeah, three hours. Multiple podcasts. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, He posed this um, kind of side by side of commitment versus compliance and kind of put this idea of how do we show up differently to a task or relationship when we are committed to that task or relationship versus when we are just complying because we feel a sense of obligation, maybe professionally or personally to the task. So we've kind of talked a little bit about what this looks like um, even in our personal lives as we have contextualized this idea. So one of the things that really helped me to think about this was even how I am handling my chores at home or my parenting tasks. There there are things that I just have to get done. Laundry. Laundry has to get done. There's still two loads (laughs) sitting in the basket ready for me to fold whenever I get home today. So um, that's a compliant issue. Um, For me, one of the big battles with Grayson lately has been getting dressed in the morning. He just has to do it. Like they're just compliant. He can't go. He cannot go naked to school. These are compliance issues, things that we just have to do, which we um, come to or we show up at um, a little bit differently than we do something that we are really committed to doing. So for example, this weekend, I haven't shared this with you yet. Um, we're doing home renovations again. We're again. back. We're back. What into, are you tackling? Um, well, this weekend was painting, trim, okay. painting, um, ceilings, those kinds of things. We're getting ready for like real, real painting to happen nice. with colors. There's going to be colors. Watch out. I can't. So this feeling of um, commitment is different because something that we see as valuable and that's going to make a difference in how we feel about our home. Um, and I am willing to do whatever it takes to get that done, which is a little bit different than how I'm feeling about, say, laundry. Laundry. Which is still sitting there waiting to be done. (laughs) But the trim is done. Yes. Because that's a good kind of comparison because you value your feeling of home and the way that that home represents your family and how it's going to serve you guys in the future. So painting trim in that moment didn't seem quite as tedious as maybe the laundry does. Not that you don't value your kids being clothed. (laughs) We do, (laughs) but just not quite the same. That might be why Grayson doesn't want to get dressed. I don't value laundry. He doesn't value pants. (laughs) It's, It's a misalignment of values, which is kind of where our heads have gone. Um, for me, we talked personally that I have a lackadaisical kind of compliance with speed limits. If if I am driving with Egan in the car, most likely it's a 10 mile over the speed limit. That's just kind of standard operating procedure. I feel like that feels fine to me. I have no issue with that. Now, if I see an officer or if Waze blinks the little like officer alert at yeah. me, then suddenly I feel very strongly in going the speed limit. I am complying to that. Or if I'm in a school zone, I talked about that earlier, school zone is going to make me slow down. So I have compliance there. But then when it comes to putting Egan in his car seat and buckling him up, 
that's never going to be a compliance issue. I'm never going to leave that buckle a little loose because I feel like we're not going very fast or say we're just going to the neighborhood park. You can just ride around the back without being buckled because my commitment to him and his safety supersedes my um, desire to kind of move quickly or to get through that. So personally, we've been kind of brainstorming. How do we show up differently in a compliance situation versus commitment? And in both kind of examples, it goes back to what do you value? So this really bleeds into our work world as well. Um, one of my least favorite things that I do in our role mm -hmm. as um, district curriculum coaches is um, enter um, our district progress monitoring tests into our assessment tool, iExplore. I really do not enjoy this task, but it is a task that I have to check the box on, make sure that it's Literally done correctly. Boxes it, it on actually, the that really does happen, people. <laughs> so we have to get that um, finished, and I feel like that's a compliance piece for us that we know is part of our job, and we have to get it done, and we will get that done. That is not the way that I feel um, is most valuable to serve my teachers well. Yeah, earlier you were we were kind of brainstorming, and you said something about iExplore, and you still called it a service to teachers. And I thought for a second, wow, that changes the way I feel about entering that DPM. Because as much as I understand that checking those boxes on iExplore are not the most important part of our work or the work that it's going to turn up in a student or in a teacher's classroom, if I don't check the right boxes, if I don't provide that service, then it will cause trouble for them in a way that is bigger than me just checking boxes. So linking those compliance pieces to a value is a way that we can show up with commitment, um, not just out of obligation. Yeah, Elena Aguilar and Onward warns us regularly about if we are showing up every day with a compliance-based attitude, then that's gonna lead us to disillusionment because Compliance doesn't mean you are connected to purpose or that you have a passion or a value. And we know that there's compliance needs there. Like iExplore is going to be still in our life for a while. It's yeah. not going away. Um, but that knowing how it supports our value or having other clear tasks in our day that help support our purpose and value can make that task not seem so tedious. Like this. Mm -hmm. Our podcast is one yeah. of the ways that we are able to contribute to the um, to supporting our teachers and to building our relationship with our campuses uh, in a way that we are really committed to. We haven't missed a week yet. No, um, we are not planning to miss a week. We set aside time every other every other Monday to record this, and we make it a priority because we feel like it is really a valuable tool for us to build those relationships and um, share our learning. And the energy we bring to sitting down to kind of record this is a little different than the energy I walk into my eyes. <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> um, but it's because I think for us, um, we have a lot of ownership in the podcast, for sure. Like we are free to choice. kind of make it our own. And, mm -hmm. and we have choice in how we decide to push it out, what topics we talk about, that kind of thing. And it absolutely aligns with our purpose, which is to support the growth of the people that we serve in any way that we can and kind of share that information. So in tying it to our sense of ownership, our choice and our purpose, that those three pieces contribute to us um, feeling committed and being able to complete something that we feel like is worthwhile. And this is kind of where we want to transition into how this really weaves into how we talk to students and work with kiddos in our classrooms and help them to um, be functioning more out of commitment than out of compliance.
Yeah, so we can capitalize on allowing them to have a sense of ownership choice and connecting it to a purpose that matters to them. We're going to get that commitment behavior versus compliance. Behavior. Now, compliance behavior sounds pretty nice. Yeah, we don't want to throw that out the window. Now, I mean, I walk into <laughs> classrooms all the time and I see really compliant kiddos. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, when Griffin wakes up in the morning, my five-year-old, he gets up this, actually this morning, he made his bed without being told. What? He unloaded the dishwasher without being told. Dream it, was, it was wonderful. He was highly compliant. But that's different. Compliance is not a bad thing, but it's not the same thing as commitment. It's not that same sort of passion for a greater purpose. He's doing the dishes because he gets a commission. Compliance is not a bad thing until it's the only thing, uh, is what I was just thinking. Oh, that's good, Jackie. Yeah, because if all I ever do when I show up for this work is comply, then I'm not going to get that same end product that I would have if sometimes I showed up with compliance and sometimes commitment. And I think about that with students as well. If the students that walk into your room only reach a compliance level and never get past that, you're not going to have that same growth or impact that you would. And you won't have that same culture. Mm, the feel. Yeah. Like the, when we said you show up to record the podcast, the feel that we have versus yeah. sitting down to do the IX4 test. So that's, that's an interesting piece to kind of think about how that affects the culture of our classroom. When we incorporate things like ownership, choice, and a very clear vision of the why our kiddos are doing what we're asking them to do, that that shapes, that shapes how we even feel in the, in the physical mm -hmm. space. Because, you, yeah, you're tapping into that emotional part. It's also these three components. I'm looking at my paper. You guys can't see that because you don't see us. But I have written down um, the notes from when Baker just talked ownership, choice, and purpose. Those play into relevance. It's relevant to me if I have ownership of it. I'm going to have more ownership if I have choice in it. And relevance is linked to a purpose that is personal to me. With that sense of relevance, I'm willing to take risks. I'm willing to try hard. I'm willing to invest more of myself into whatever process it is that I am participating in. Mm -hmm. So let's take this to something that's really tangible in the classroom, okay. like a writing task. Got it. Okay. Um, miss, how many paragraphs do I need to write? Compliance. Um, is that three sentences mm -hmm. per paragraph? Compliance. Do I have to use punctuation? Compliance. Miss. <laughs> okay, so what does this look like if my students are feeling more committed? Mm -hmm. um, it might look like um, me being able to just write about the topic and come back to that number a little bit later. We've spoke, and I can't remember if we did this mm -hmm. in a podcast or not, about when we put a number on something, it um, it makes it takes us out of our flexibility or freedom to yes make it more meaningful. I can't remember how we I think it was in this. the risk conversation, I, but maybe so. But you were talking earlier about box checking. And oh so, yeah, yeah. If I if I give them the box of three to five sentences or X number of paragraphs then once they reach that, then they stop. My, I've complied and my yes. effort ends there. Whereas if I give them a space to write about something that you're committed about, that you're passionate about, something that's meaningful to you, I gave you choice, I let you write about something that you really own, a topic that is near and dear to your heart, mm -hmm. then you are more likely to commit to take risks, to be vulnerable, and to really write something that I can go back and talk about in a conference about how to divide it up into paragraphs. Right. And hit those compliance pieces that are really important in a writing task because compliance isn't bad unless it's the only thing that's showing up. Isn't that what you said? Yeah, that was it. It was inspired by you. But yeah, compliance isn't bad until it's all you have. Until it's all you have. So and just when you're talking about writing, using the revise and edit portion, or not portion, but task, to help you reach compliance. 
the other stuff is the heart and the passion and the writing of it. And then if we don't quite have the right number of sentences or the paragraph breaks are odd, that's a revision and editing stance. That's not during the, the composing part. So we're starting with commitment. Mm, lead from commitment. We're leading like from that. commitment. Oh, I think we just found the title of that our again. episode. Oh, I needed one. Okay. So leading from commitment allows us to then get to those boxes of compliance in a more respectful way, in a way that feels more authentic, in a way that feels more meaningful, that I can lean into that compliance um, more easily because of the approach that I'm taking through commitment. Mm, nice. So we also talked about how this plays out with teachers and students, but it also plays out with teachers towards admin, say, or maybe an initiative on your campus. Um, we fully understand the world in which we live and you guys live, where there are um, initiatives and tasks that come down the pipeline that we weren't really involved. We don't have the ownership or the choice, really. We're not connected in that way. Those decisions were made above us, and that's coming from a different, um, a different person's place of ownership and purpose. So how do we handle that when it is um, something that is part of our job compliance, but we don't want to just show up every day in compliance towards that initiative or that ad the admin that's in our life? How do we handle that? Do you have tips? So I feel like <laughs> the first thing that, um, that you and I would both tell any teacher realistically mm -hmm. is um, where's the good? That there is not a training that you and I have ever gone to, and we've gone to some bad ones, True. that we did not walk away with a nugget with yes. some kind of a gem What's the that, is, is, that mm -hmm. is um, applicable and relevant to what we see as true value. So when we are looking at these initiatives, when we're looking at even, uh, I would say, directives, right? when we're looking at, at these pieces that feel like compliance pieces, what in there is something that does sync up with my core values about what I believe about teachers and or students, depending mm -hmm. on the role that I play. So for me, I believe, I truly believe that teachers come to us every day bringing their best version of what they have to give today. Amen. So whenever I walk into that space, I am always going to come from this space of you are bringing everything you've got in this moment. And maybe it's not a lot today because you're tired mm -hmm. and because laundry. <laughs> and because children fighting with you or because whatever the case is, but that's a, tr a core belief I have. So if I can find something in an initiative that assumes the best and starts from that strength, that strength based mm. place, then I am going to be able to latch onto that with with vigor. Ooh, and you also made you gave me a little heart check there. The same way that I will, will assume the best for the teachers that we work with, that they are showing up, making the best choices that they can today. I need to extend that same grace to my leaders. Leaders are not walking onto a campus thinking, how can I make lives more difficult for my staff today? How can I you know, do something negative? They're all coming from the same kind of place of what's the best that I can bring to this uh, campus, to this work. So I think that giving that grace going upwards sometimes is maybe not as easy. We have to, I have to purposely do that, but that might change the way I view um, an initiative or a directive as well. So assuming positive intent. It's one of your favorites. It's one of my it's favorites. A good one. It's so when I assume positive intent, um, then I am more uh, capable of finding the value and making it more of a commitment piece than a compliance piece. All right, and we are officially out of time again. Dang! So kind of highlight the, the main point that we've taken away for today, I think, is to, in all things that you are doing, look to see what is the good in this and how can it support the core values and purpose that I have. And so we hope that's what you we charge you with this week. We'll do the same and we'll see you next Monday. Well, two Mondays because it's every other Monday. Absolutely. And this <laughs> is right. Jackson Coaches, Coaches Off the, the Cuff. cuff.